Hello, and welcome to the Rosedale Podcast Network. It's good to be back with you. My name is Jeremy Miller. I serve as president of Rosedale Bible College. And today, we have a little different podcast in mind. We are going to talk about demons and and begin processing that a little bit. And to help, help me do that, I've invited Jewel Showalter, uh, who is the Director of Development here at Rosedale Bible College. But that title doesn't let you know uh, very much about Jewel. Jewel and her husband, Richard, spent many, many years overseas in mission contexts. In fact, long before she was married, she spent most of her life in, in, in mission contexts. And so... This conversation about demons uh, is not one that she's unfamiliar with, and so I'm really excited to have her here to discuss this uh, particular element of spiritual life. And so, Jewel, thanks for being on. You're welcome, Jeremy. It was exciting to hear you process some of the things you experienced on your recent trip. Yeah, and uh, that kind of prompted the, this podcast. So I had spent about eight days over in Tanzania at the invitation of the Tanzanian Mennonite Church, which you're really familiar with. Yes, I am. Did you spend time in Tanzania? Just visiting. My okay. aunt was a missionary there, okay. and I was very familiar because of my association with Eastern Mennonite Missions, who would have pioneered that work back in the 1930s. Okay, but most of your growing up, life was spent in, in Ethiopia. That's right. So it was East Africa, but you yeah. couldn't easily hop from one country to the other back then when I went <laughs> in the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, well, very good. Well, Jewel, thanks. Um, so yeah, uh, like I was saying, I was over in Tanzania <clears throat> for about eight days, just visiting the church and doing some uh, pastor resourcing. And uh, we also, we have a we have a relationship with the Tanzanian Mennonite Church in which uh, they've got a vision by 2034 to see a million new believers, which is incredible. And in, as part of that Phenomenal. vision, yeah, and they're working at it. It's amazing. First time I heard somebody say that, I kind of, I mean, internally, I, I like, is this, you know, is this real? But now that you've been there, <laughs> is it believable? It's believable. I mean, they're working at it hard. And mm -hmm. so they're evangelizing new neighborhoods and villages, and they're seeing people come to Christ. And our relationship with them is that they've had so many new believers in the Tanzanian Mennonite Church that uh, they're needing to train uh, pastors to train pastors. And so they wanted, uh, they wanted Rosedale to help train their pastors. And so we have uh, churches that are contributing to that project and so we've got several more students coming in the fall. We had our first graduate uh, last winter who's, you, you know, and so they're going to go back and they're going to train these these new pastors of these new churches in how to use and handle the scriptures well. And so uh, we're really excited to be partnered with them in that. But anyway, so I went over to Tanzania to just continue to foster these connections and, and see what's going on. And I... I remember our most recent grad talking about uh, deliverance ministry being a very common thing there. And, you know, at the time, I, you know, I didn't quite know what all he was talking about. And I got to Tanzania and they kept talking about these Friday night deliverance services. And I thought, 
are we, you know, we don't have Friday night deliverance services, at least in <laughs> our <laughs> Not in the of church the where you pastor. <laughs> we haven't had them here at the college. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, where, where we're casting out demons. And so I was wondering, is this sort of metaphorical in Tanzania? Is this like a way of speaking about something that we do, but they just use different language? Uh, but I didn't know. And of course the stories seemed a little different than what I was accustomed to. And, and I should say, for those of you who don't know, I, I pastored for 12 years, uh, here in the States and, uh, that just wasn't part of our experience. There were a few minor brushes maybe with the demonic, um, but in terms of having that be, a, a, like a regular part of my experience as a pastor, or frankly, as a follower of Jesus, it hasn't been. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so one of the the plan was for me to be part of one of these Friday night services. And uh, it turns out it, it wasn't going to work because there was another set of meetings scheduled over the time that I was going. So I thought, well, that's too bad. Well, anyway, I was up doing some pastor resourcing. In, in a community there. And at the end of that uh, session with the 25 or 30 pastors, whatever it was, one of them, they were praying for each other. One of them said, mm-hmm. hey, you know, he's an evangelist to a, a neighboring village about 45 minutes from there. And uh, it's really fertile soil. And he's going to leave there for a, a, an evangelistic service right after this meeting. Uh, but there's a lot of demonic activity, but there are a lot of, they think p- there's a lot of potential for God to move and people to come to Jesus. And the guy I was with uh, who'd been telling me about these deliverance services looks at me, he's like, Jeremy, you want to go plant a church or help plant a church? <laughs> and uh, we will see God move. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that sounds great. Sure, go for it. Yeah. So uh, Micah, who was an RBC grad, uh, Micah was traveling with me because oh. he had gone with me to Tanzania. So we hop in this car and bounce over 45 minutes of road to get to this little village and we show up and sure enough right beside the bar in this village was a a nice shade tree it was open and we pull up and there's these two massive speakers just cranking out praise music and there's like eight to ten evangelists who are just singing along and and the village and and they're inviting people from the village to come over and and join in and and you can just see the whole village is kind of, there's people out far mm-hmm. away, but they're just standing mm-hmm. under trees or next to houses or little homes, and they're watching what's going mm-hmm. on. And uh, and so pretty soon some children and some women come over, and, and uh, like I said, there are about eight to ten evangelists that I could see, and then there was four of us that had come along to just sort of be a part of okay. what was going on. You weren't on. leading it in any no, way. No, no. You were we, just, we were there just observing. Observing. Yes. We were in fact we were on some some chairs. Um and uh, so we were watching and pretty soon some more women come over and you know there might have been a dozen or 15 women and children who'd come over to to dance. You know, they okay. when they worship, they they dance and it's it's like it's it's just it's so part of who they are. And these were part of the village. They, these right. weren't part of the outreach team. No. Okay. No. So in total, okay. there might've been 25 people or okay. something like that mm-hmm. in this little, you know, under the shade tree. And pretty soon <laughs> I look over and one of the ladies from the village just fell over. Okay. <laughs> 
And then more oddly to me, one of the evangelist women uh, quickly slips over. And of course, nothing stops. You know, it's just, yeah. The music uh, keeps going. Everybody, and they keep dancing. And, and uh, the lady ties, kind of hog ties this lady on the ground, her, her legs together with a shawl or something. And, but no, you know, then she just left there and she's just motionless on the ground. And you're thinking heart attack. Well, I'm, <laughs> nobody seemed to mind or nobody seemed to be really concerned. It was just kind of like, go on, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's not a big group, so you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but nobody seemed to be too worried. <laughs> Finally, I lean over to John, the guy I was with. I said, John, <laughs> the lady on the ground, what, what's going on? And he looks mm-hmm. at me, he's like, the power of God. She could not handle the power of God. Oh, okay. Well, why did they tie her legs? <laughs> and he's like, well, modesty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we go on. And I'm wondering, well, how long does she lie there with her legs tied? <laughs> so I'm watching this out of the corner of my eye. Also, I should say, uh, before I before we got there, I just asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I I'm walking into something I do not know. Would mm-hmm. would you show me mm-hmm. if this is real? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't. You wanted to learn. I wanted to learn, and I I like I didn't want to be confused by it. I right. didn't want to wonder. Um, I, I wanted to see God's movement mm-hmm. and have it be clear. Uh, and also, I should say my presuppositions going, mm-hmm. you know, as I, I totally believe in the mm-hmm. demonic, in mm-hmm. the spiritual elements, in, in the in the work of angels. And I just confess, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> even with a master's degree in theological studies and 12 years of pastoral experience and <laughs> a lifetime with Jesus and in the church, I just don't know much. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. All those experiences <laughs> in like, the book I, of Acts I and the Gospels. I believe the Bible, yes. Sure. But it's just not, that part hasn't been part of my experience. Well, anyway. Right. So I had asked God to, to show me. Well, anyway. So, you know, the music goes on, and finally it stops, and before, uh, so there's a pause, and, uh, you know, four people, or three or four people, I don't know, one of the evangelists, like, bring this lady, Mm -hmm. and and by her arms and her legs, I mean, she's dragging her, she's just (laughs) dragging, and set her under the tree. Okay. And then they begin to pray, and, uh, like... I can't quite see everything that's happening, but they're just praying like crazy mm-hmm. and loud and aggressive. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's all in Swahili, so I, you know, I'm I'm kind of in the dark still. But mm-hmm. anyway, eventually, uh, this woman comes to, and uh, she stands up and she just walks back over and she begins to worship. <laughs> wow. Okay. And then they keep going with the music a little bit, and then finally. Um, one of the evangelists begins to preach. And, of course, you know, throughout this time, there's been more women and children kind of gathering over. And there's a drunk that kind of is circulating through the, <laughs> through the area, too. And then uh, after the sermon or the message, uh, then they invite people to prayer. Okay. If you, you mean people who want prayer. People who want prayer. That's right. If you want prayer for healing, for... Uh, possess demonic possession for uh, any number of things. Come, 
come pray. Mm-hmm. And they prayed for the men first. And there were only just a handful of older men, maybe three or four. And uh, um, anyway, apparently... Well, anyway, we'll leave that one. (laughs) So then when they invited prayer for the women and children, all of a sudden from everywhere, Mm. uh, women and children started just coming. Okay. (laughs) And, and of course, uh, then the evangelists line up, line them up in, in, in rows sort of so that they know who's been prayed for and Mm -hmm. who's not. And, and, uh, the two people that were with Micah and I, Mm -hmm. uh, they were Tanzanian pastors who, who were just kind of chaperoning us around the country. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, they quickly saw that there were way too many people for this group of evangelists. Mm. And they get up and they start to help. So Mike and I are left there at our chairs. Well, No interpreters. <laughs> no, nothing. We didn't know what was going on. But, uh, you know, some people, when uh, the pastors or evangelists, they would, they would touch their heads mm-hmm. and then they would just pray. And when they prayed, uh, they cried mm-hmm. out to God. Yeah. Uh, they pray mm-hmm. loudly, boldly, aggressively. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then of course, you know, for a number of people that they just received that prayer mm-hmm. and there wasn't any sort of visible thing, mm-hmm. but for a fair number of people, mm-hmm. uh, I I witnessed um, there were several young girls who would just shriek mm-hmm. as as they were touched, hmm. and I noticed that evangelists would sometimes touch the tip of their fingers to like the stomach, mm-hmm. and you could just see their bodies recoil. Hmm. And uh, there were two women specifically. There are several odd things that happened. Two two older women I watched just get really violent and aggressive. Wow! And toward and the people who were toward praying the people for them, who were praying for them. Okay, almost and, attacking them. Oh yeah! And then what stunned me is that <laughs> the, the, these evangelists would help each other when they saw a super aggressive person. Okay, they would just run over there uh-huh. and they would restrain them physically. Okay. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, what is going? I've never prayed for people had to restrain them. Is that even, is that legal? Do you, you know, do you? <laughs> and then the oddest part for me, because I had no, I didn't know what was going on is they, they, they dragged these women off to a little hut about 30 feet away. Okay. And then everybody would disappear into the hut and then the evangelists would come back out. Okay. And and these, that was probably a prayer hut. Well, I found or... I found out later, yes, that there were there were uh, people in there who had been fasting and praying all hmm. day. Okay. In and, anticipation in of anticipation. this time of ministry. Okay. And, and what was happening is the evangelists were were taking mm-hmm. these violent ones into the prayer hut. They needed extra prayer. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And then they'd come back out and keep praying for all hmm. of these other people that were there. <clears throat> they were really equipped, weren't they? I That's mean, they right. knew what to anticipate. They knew what to anticipate. But hmm. I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. all I saw was people disappearing into a hut. <laughs> and <then> the evangelists <laughs> coming out. <laughs> and the really violent ones stayed in there. I didn't know. Is that like jail? Is that what, you know, what's going on? <laughs> Anyway, culture shock. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and if you don't have a context, right, right, you you're just and you don't have language. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the really uh, incredible piece of it for me was um, 
Daniel, one of the pastors I was with, mm-hmm. one of the first people he prayed for was a young man about 20 years old. And the moment, and, and this young man was standing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. The moment he put his hands on this young man's head, mm-hmm. the young man, f- he just fell straight down on the ground on his back mm-hmm. and lay there motionless. Mm-hmm. And Daniel looked at him and then went on, which was abnormal. Mm-hmm. You know, usually when people fell mm-hmm. or when, you, you know, you prayed through it, you could see they stuck with it and mm-hmm. uh, they were casting out these demons. But this young man, he left alone. Okay. And he lay basically at my feet, Mike and I's feet. He just lay there. Wow. On his back, eyes closed, motionless. I mean, I, after a bit, I wondered if he was alive because I mm. could not see his stomach move. And I thought, is, is he having a you know, seizure? Is I, I, I had no idea, but he lay there, arms stretched out, and he had, he had the thing that was really odd was that his his fingers were mm. in a devil horn uh, position. So his arms were stretched out, his With fingers his were pointer in his, finger and his little pinky. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. And he just lay there motionless. But that, mm. that's the only symbol that you know. So I didn't. I didn't. It's like. Lord, what is happening? Mm. And Daniel just walked on. Mm. And then the other odd thing is that evangelists would come by and they'd look at this young man. And, and I kept thinking, hey, he needs to be prayed for. Yeah. Nope. They kept, they walked uh. on. And, uh, and then village people actually came to this young man and examined him. And, and this was not happening with anybody else. Okay. And they examined him. Like they would look down and look at him. And just kind of, they were trying to see, I don't know what all they were trying to see, mm-hmm. but, and then they would walk off. Hmm. And so, you know, I kept waiting and this, this young man lay down there on the, in the dirt like that. I don't know, 20 minutes. Cause this, this, I mean, there were so many people to pray for. Sure. And the other thing that was really fascinating is that when the other evangelists would pray for people close to him. Okay. Uh, this young man, his his back would begin to arch, and mm. his body would begin to turn, mm. and it, and it, it, you know his head would go back. Which that made me, you know, at first I thought, is this a seizure? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I I just wasn't sure. But then it just felt increasingly like, okay, this is something very very different. Mm. And eventually. Kind of the lead pastor who happened, who was one of the guys I was with, mm-hmm. came over, and he leaned over this young man and put his hand on his on his head. And I mean, as words came out of his mouth, this young man's arms shot up mm. with those sort of devil fingers. And again, his eyes were closed the whole time. Mm-hmm. As a kind of almost like he was seeking to protect himself, hmm. they, they, his arms went straight up in the air as kind of you know like oh, leave me alone exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, his eyes weren't open. His mm-hmm. and uh, and of course, then the praying really started. And, and John, this pastor, I mean, he was he was making hand motions and mm. he would he would declare something, and mm-hmm. of course, I couldn't understand. And when he'd do that, this young man's arms would just fall straight back down. Hmm. Uh, it's—I mean, he could not—he couldn't deal with the 
the mm-hmm. power. It was but getting through. It was getting through. But then mm-hmm. his finger, you could see his fingers curl up again. Mm. It was like he would regain strength. And like, it was, it, it mm. looked like a battle. It was a battle. <laughs> it was yes. A battle. <laughs> and pretty soon uh, somebody else came over and started praying. And then, then this man really began to toss and turn and, and John called one of the village men over mm-hmm. and sat on these guy's legs. And, wow. and then I'm standing there and I, I you know, it's, it's very apparent what's happening. Mm. And I thought, well, I can pray too. Because <laughs> 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 this, all this time, this guy's been lying at my feet. Well, anyway, then his arms begin to thrash and I grabbed one of his arms mm. and, and begin to pray in English. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, this went on for quite a while. In fact, there was foam that was starting to come out of this uh, young man's, uh, the corner of his mouth. His mm. jaw had locked up. Mm. I mean, you could just see uh, his face really becoming quite tense. Mm. And his body was writhing. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and these Tanzanian brothers and sisters were just praying like crazy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, it took it took a long time, mm-hmm. and finally, this young man kind of um, uh, he just kind of how do you say it? He kind of staggered to his feet. He got okay. up. He got up. Staggered to his feet. Kind of opened his eyes, mm-hmm. and then John asked him two questions. Mm. And I didn't know what the questions were at the time. But he mm-hmm. told me later, John said, I always ask two questions Okay. You know, when, when it's obvious that somebody's been possessed and you're not sure, is it gone? Mm-hmm. Is Are they there... really delivered? That's Are they right. really free? That's right. Mm-hmm. He said, the first question I ask is, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And uh, the young man said, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But he didn't look at John when he said that. And John mm-hmm. said, when they're still under the power of Satan, they mm-hmm. will not look you in the eye. Okay. And so he he knew. The eyes are windows into the soul. That's right. They? That's right. Yes. And so uh and so John asked him the second question which was where are you? Hmm. Because when they're under uh the power of demons and there's been prayer like that, mm-hmm. usually they are kind of they they're not aware. very disoriented. They're they're disoriented and they ha- or they're not present there. Yeah. So he said the young man looked at, you know, I don't know if he looked at it, but the young man said, I'm in the seventh ocean oh my. with the snakes. Hmm. And, in, in, you know, to John, that meant he was seven he was still layers down. Hmm. Uh, and then with snakes, it was hmm. obvious reference to John that there mm-hmm. were still issues. And at that moment, John put his hand on this young man's head. Yes. And the guy just fell over. Hmm. <laughs> he just collapsed on the ground. Hmm. And then we were back at it again. Hmm. I mean, it was all, it was all over again. There was wrestling, and I mean, just hmm. prayer. And by this time, this was this was one of the last people mm-hmm. being prayed for. Okay. And what I didn't know is that um, obviously uh, the Tanzanian brothers and sisters knew mm-hmm. that this man was had powerful spirits. Okay. That, that had that were part of his mm-hmm. journey and uh, which is why they treated him kind of specially and why mm-hmm. the village people okay. had, had given him kind of a special sp- So he was known to be sort of a 
Well, I'm not sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was obviously other stuff going on that I mm-hmm. was not aware of. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but a lot of people mm-hmm. had gathered around at this point. All right. Almost and, the whole village. Well, I, I don't know about the whole village, but a lot of people. Okay. And, and just to top it off, just an interesting side note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While this is going on. Uh, one of the village drunks had come over mm-hmm. and was trying to talk to okay. me and Micah. <laughs> yeah, of course, we're the only white people in the area, right? And and uh, and so, if you can just kind of imagine, there's this, there's the, these exorcisms that are happening, mm-hmm. and we're trying to pay attention. Like, and and our the people that were with us had left, and they were helping, and so we're <laughs> hanging out there by ourselves in some ways. And this town drunk came over. <laughs> And is you can tell he's a little irritated because we don't know how to talk to him. <laughs> he's trying to communicate, <laughs> and we're kind of what do we do? I'm, and we're you know this this whole thing is just wild. Yeah. And uh, anyway, <clears throat> eventually though uh, the the demon or demons uh, this young man was delivered. Okay, fully delivered. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he stood up and and he was different. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> anyway, it was just uh, a, an absolute experience. And then to top it off, so that was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, early Saturday morning, we flew back to the States. And on Sunday, I got a text from John, and he said, Jeremy, we baptized 63 people in that village today. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it was just amazing to see the way God moved, mm-hmm. the way God delivered, mm-hmm. and... And now there's a church there. Right. And, uh, you know, so the, the whole thing was just, uh, it was an amazing experience that I found myself, you know, trying to process. For sure. A- a- afterwards. For sure. <laughs> and I'm asking John and Daniel all these questions. I'm like, Daniel, it was right after. I was like, Daniel, that was intense. And he looks at me, he's like. Jeremy, this was easy work. All in a day's work. Yeah, he said, I, d- I did not get hit. <laughs> and he said, I've prayed for people four or five hours before they're delivered. Hmm. There was none of that here. It, hmm. it, God was moving. <laughs> and John kept saying, Jeremy, the soil is fertile here. Yes. And uh, so anyway, it was, it's an amazing thing. Hmm. Um, but as I talked to them too, I, I became very aware that they just know so much more mm-hmm. about demons uh you know say, oh yeah there's some common ones that we run into regularly hmm. did they tell you the names of the common uh, ones no i i but did not very, ask yeah, they were familiar spirits that they were new yeah. in that territory yeah and and you know mm-hmm. the things they knew like uh you know that there's the the holy spirit even provides a kind of heat that mm-hmm. demons can't handle, like f- it makes it physically uncomfortable for mm-hmm. people who are possessed. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the ways they can, you know, they manifest then is just that that withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, Jewel. <laughs> so I'm sure this has you asking yourself a lot of questions, Jeremy. Like, Well, why? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've not done... Overt church planting experience yourself, but right. it's very different from our methods of church planting here. Right. In this country, why, yeah. why do you think it's so different over there? Did you do any processing on 
why we don't see these kinds of things here. Yeah. And we, they do see them there just right. so commonly yeah. that it doesn't even shock them when someone falls down. Right, right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the first question on my okay. lips. Uh, after observing that, it's like, Lord, why here? Yes. And why didn't... I haven't I seen this in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually it was it was really God's providence. I had several meetings with uh, bishops of the church. Okay, uh, after this event, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> um, some of these had spent time in the United States studying mm-hmm. or with the church here, mm-hmm. and so they they'd spent time in both contexts. Okay, and so I knew they were aware of our context, mm-hmm. in, in, and uh, so I asked them, you know, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, why here and and not in the states? Right, and uh, one of them, and this was kind of the universal answer, and it just made all kinds of sense to me. But they, they said, "Look, Jeremy, uh, uh, first of all, you have to understand that in the United States, everything is material. Hmm. Like your focus, the way you see the world, it, it's things you touch and feel and can buy hmm. and can and can use in Africa." Uh, we understand the spiritual world, like the the spiritual world exists for us in a much clearer way. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, uh, in our context, uh, people are very poor. Mm -hmm. And so uh, they are looking to the spiritual world to get the things they need. So when you're sick, you go to the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. In Africa, in our context, anyway, I shouldn't make a blanket statement about mm-hmm. Africa, but in, in the, the rural Tanzanian context, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing you would do is go to the spirit world. If you're a believer, you mm-hmm. begin to pray mm-hmm. and you begin to fast. Mm-hmm. If you're not a believer, if, mm-hmm. you, if, you're, if you come from an animist perspective, you're going mm-hmm. to your ancestors or you're going to uh, the spirit world somehow to gain power. And so you'll make bargains. Right. With spirits. And you'll try to figure out who it was. That's right. That put a curse on you. That's right. That caused the illness, that there was something like that. That's right. It wasn't right. a mosquito. Right. No. <laughs> it was somebody who had put a curse on you. That That's kind right. Of thing, and get protection from them. That's right. And mm-hmm. so they, uh, you know, so actually in in the, the working, fighting demons, mm-hmm. the pastors were telling me, one of the big things is to find out where the contracts are. Because mm-hmm. people will make contracts with demons, so mm-hmm. right, I'll I'll give you my body if mm-hmm. you provide for my family, or if you heal my sick child, or right. it, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so you have to break those contracts. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's the that's the like the world they live in. They're very aware mm-hmm. of the spiritual. It's it's mm-hmm. part of their everyday experience. It's a worldview. It's a worldview where they. And the and the the danger is mm-hmm. you can give yourself to demons. Right. The beauty is mm-hmm. when you're a believer, mm-hmm. those people understand the Holy Spirit. Tanzanians understand the Holy Spirit in a real and visceral way. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit gives them power. Exactly. And they believe that with every fiber of their being. Mm-hmm. And they pray and they fast. Mm-hmm. Like prayer is like food. Yes. The Holy Spirit is like drinking water. It, right. it is unfathomable mm-hmm. to not connect with God 
Mm-hmm. In the same way that you need water for the day. Right. It's not like we often turn to prayer as a last resort. That's right. You go we, to the doctor, mm-hmm. and if that doesn't work, then you mm-hmm. gather people to start praying. Right. Like that's Then you have an anointing service. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> as a last resort. That's right. And that so be- in that context, like mm-hmm. they're living and breathing the spiritual world, and they understand it in a way we don't. Mm-hmm. Now, in the United States... Uh, they, you know, these these bishops were saying to me, Jeremy, <laughs> demons don't need to possess people. Mm-hmm. They just keep you distracted with all mm-hmm. your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you have all this stuff and all the these resources, are different. they're different. You don't have mm-hmm. to pray. You, mm-hmm. you don't have to walk with God. Mm-hmm. You know. And I thought, my word, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is so true. Mm-hmm. Why, why would somebody or like? Why would they need to be possessed if if mm-hmm. we can just stay distracted? Mm-hmm. With all these things we want and material things that we're trying to gain, mm-hmm. it, it, like Satan doesn't need to inhabit our being. Mm-hmm. Like that is a form of inhabitation. Yeah, definitely a form of temptation and a block. Absolutely between the power of God and, That's and right. us and what we're able to do. That's right, for sure. And that that explanation, you know, I'm sure uh, th- there are probably many more mm-hmm. explanations, but that particular one resonated with me quite deeply. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's just very true. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you could have these experiences, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> the, and I'm just grateful that we have these Tanzanian students, Ethiopian students, others yeah. coming to the college here, because yeah. it helps us understand our own temptations better. That's right. And That's opens right. our eyes to those kinds of pitfalls That's that we right. have here, too. Yeah, it is truly amazing. I, I still remember when we were teaching a class at the Maserati Christos College in Ethiopia, and there was a young man who was being trained as an evangelist. Mm. And uh, as we asked the students to share their stories, he just said, um, if you'd seen me a few years ago, you wouldn't recognize me. He would huh. have been like the town drunk. Uh, that you encountered there. Uh He said, I used to wander around this village naked and out of my mind. He said, I was demon-possessed. And now he was sitting there in his right mind, clothed, (laughs) you know, going out as an evangelist. And so this is the kind of transformation that these African brothers and sisters are... (laughs) With the power of God. Yeah, they're Uh, familiar with that. They know it, and they know how. And... more we can do to support them in their journey and yeah. equip them yeah. in the study of the scriptures. I think it's yeah. just, it's amazing because they can do what they can do so much better than we can. Yeah. But yet there's something we can offer too as part of that, that they really value. Yeah. I I, I asked, you know, after that experience and after just seeing their faith, their yes. faith is amazing. It is. I, I asked, you know, I found myself wondering and then I asked out loud, I'm like, John, <clears throat> what does Rosedale have to offer you? Exactly. I mean, here we are. We're a Bible college in the United States. Our students, staff, and faculty, this isn't the... Uh, like, I'm the president here, and I, yeah. I'm unfamiliar <laughs> with that. And inspired by their faith and trust mm-hmm. and belief in the power of God. And uh, I... I absolutely relish the the fact that they're willing to send us their students because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. such a gift to our students. It is. But uh, John looks at me and he's he he writes he had a p- pad and pen there and he just wrote cult on there. <laughs> <A> cult. <laughs> yeah. And he said oh. he said, listen, uh, our people don't know how to handle the scriptures. Right. And when you're just pulling verses. Mm-hmm. 
out of context. Out of context, mm-hmm. you get off on crazy ideas, mm-hmm. and you don't know who God really is. Mm-hmm. And and we need training in that. And furthermore, mm-hmm. he said, when these people mm-hmm. are delivered from mm-hmm. Satan, mm-hmm. if if they are not filled with the scriptures, right, they will go back. Mm-hmm. And often mm-hmm. and be refilled mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. with uh, demonic power. Mm-hmm. And so he said the first thing, for instance, that that young man mm-hmm. who was delivered needs, mm-hmm. and in short order, mm-hmm. is to begin to memorize scripture, mm-hmm. have God's word begin to fill his mind and life. Exactly. And um, so they really see the value and mm-hmm. understand the value of the scriptures mm-hmm. and, 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 to, that help us understand God well. And rightfully handle them. That's right. And rightfully <laughs> handle them. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so honored that they trust mm-hmm. RBC to do that and mm-hmm. th- and, it, and that we can offer them that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was really special uh, then to know, okay, God's using us mm-hmm. in an important way for the Tanzanian church mm-hmm. and what he's doing there, but also that they have that we have the opportunity to learn from right. them in these incredible ways. Mm-hmm. And they're opening our eyes to the spiritual world in a new way. That's right. I think just as they talk about our temptations to materialism. That's right. They're saying, well, <laughs> there's a spirit behind that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, it is it, just it's a it's a neat um, relationship mm-hmm. that's developing there. In fact, uh, next next winter we anticipate. So we do a cross cultural term, as you're familiar. Um, yes. Every winter, and uh, the plan at this point is is to uh, send a group to Tanzania. Oh wow! Uh, to help okay. with these church planting efforts. <laughs> And to help with their mission over there, but sure. especially then for our students to learn, of course, and uh, and and take in some of the things that I was able to take in, and they're mm-hmm. they're really excited about having mm-hmm. our students there, and and I think that will just um, that will be so good for mm-hmm. our students as they head back into uh, their home communities or wherever God's taking them, mm-hmm. and are serving in a whole variety of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to, I, I'll, I'll say this: when I got back. Uh, my prayer life has been different. Hmm. How so? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, first, the level of faith that I pray with hmm. is very different. Interesting. And the expectations I have of God and the things I'm bringing to the Lord mm-hmm. are different. Mm-hmm. I don't just assume uh, that God's going to do what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, these sound like elementary lessons, mm-hmm. but you know, I think in our walk with Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, he he helps us learn the same lessons we learned ten years ago, twenty mm-hmm. years ago, only deeper, driving it deeper and more fully. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that uh, for me, um, understanding prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, has been that. That prayer hut, that prayer and fasting yeah, hut exactly. that was happening before the outreach even took place. Exactly. That was significant. Yes. It reminded me of a story in Ethiopia also where I heard two young evangelists that were planning to go to a new area, but they heard no one has been successful here before because there's mm. a very powerful spiritual leader. Mm. And people said, we don't need your 
we don't need what you have. Mm. But they just prayer walked. They just prayer walked around the whole community for mm. weeks. <laughs> and then this powerful leader packed up and left huh. because he said his power wasn't effective anymore. That's amazing. They walked right into the village, the whole village, Yeah, you know, yeah. said, we want to hear what you have to say because it's more powerful than our leader. Yeah. So it's those kinds of power encounters that really yeah. we've not experienced in such a literal way. Yeah. But I believe they're here too, Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and what can our prayers do to break the back of this materialistic spirit or whatever it is that we would say is so distracting yeah. and gripping us and our church. Well, there's two things that I noticed about um, John and Daniel. I just spent a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things is <clears throat> they care a lot about holiness, about righteousness, they about living in a manner that pleases God. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they are they are sacrificially giving mm-hmm. of themselves to right. the kingdom. Their money, mm-hmm. their time, mm-hmm. their presence, their prayer life. Mm-hmm. You know, if they need to spend a day fasting, boom, done. Yes, they do it. <laughs> if they need to go an hour's drive, that costs them a fortune in Tanzanian dollars mm-hmm. because <clears throat> God told them to go out there, mm-hmm. boom, done. Mm-hmm. They just, they're obedient, mm-hmm. they're sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And I I can't help but think that unlocks a kind of spiritual mm-hmm. authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've often been humbled. We were helping to lead a retreat some years ago, and they were giving you know bread and coffee to the missionaries because that's what the missionaries need. And so then we show up at the retreat venue, yeah. found out they had all not eaten breakfast. <laughs> they had spent the time. They had gotten up early and were fasting and praying while the missionaries were eating their bread and coffee. Yeah, you know, it was just kind of like. I wish we could have joined them yeah. in their prayer and fasting. Yeah. You know, but they were, yeah. Anyway, those kinds of things just are. <laughs> I should tell you this this story. Uh, I, I mean, it's embarrassing in one hand, yeah. but it was just I, like, I, I, keep, I, know. I keep laughing about it. Like, so I was talking with these pastors and I was, I was sharing with them some principles mm-hmm. uh, of uh, the, the, a mindset of an effective pastor that mm-hmm. passes on, uh, that, that helps equip people behind them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I shared these, th- I don't know, there's five or six points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I got done and we had some time to talk about it, but not nearly as much as the pastors and the, the bishop of that diocese mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. And so they these pastors meet once a month for these meetings. And the bishop stood up and said, well, we need to close, but uh, uh, here's what we're going to do. Next month, we are going to take the meeting, the whole meeting, mm-hmm. to discuss what we have been taught today. Mm-hmm. And uh, John had translated this to me, mm-hmm. and I looked over at John. <laughs> it's like, and I said, "Is is he being serious? Mm-hmm. Are they really going to take next month to do this?" Mm-hmm. And John looked at me like, "Why would you even ask that?" Mm-hmm. He said, "Yes, he's serious." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I started chuckling, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. Didn't know your words were that weighty, huh? No, I didn't know my <laughs> words were that weighty. But what it showed was that they don't just hear stuff. They process it. They process together it. Together as a group. And and then it's like they weigh it out. Mm-hmm. And if this is the right way, mm-hmm. then that's what you do. Mm-hmm. 
And or they take the wheat and leave the chaff. That's right. Like that would work in his context, not in ours. This is how right. we would apply it in our context. But I was just thinking, mm-hmm. like, we're inundated with so much information. <laughs> we and we've got things on the agenda. And we've got these next things happening that mm-hmm. we're going to be working on. And if we had a resource person come in mm-hmm. um, and like... Uh, we're like, quickly on to the next thing. We're quickly on to the next thing. That, that wasn't their deal. And so uh, then John told the bishop, <laughs> he's like, he wants to know if you're serious. He's wondering if you're serious. And the bishop looked at me <laughs> and got this big grin. He's like, yes, we're serious. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it was, it, it was a special experience with the... Tanzanian brothers and sisters. They're just neat, neat believers. I'm so glad you could have that. And that kind of cross-fertilization is so good for us here at Rosedale, too. Absolutely. Well, Jewel, anything else that you think we we should touch on yet? I think that was good. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, if you have any questions, shoot Jewel or myself an email. And if we have enough questions maybe we'll do a follow-up uh and address some of the questions that you might have uh, my email is jmiller at rosedale.edu and jules email is jshowalter at rosedale.edu so thanks for joining us have a good day bye-bye